Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, please. Will the real Kansas City Chiefs please stand up? I'm going to say this again. Will the real Kansas City Chiefs please stand up? With that being said, this is another edition of Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, D Beach 1492. What's up, KC? This is Lee86. What's going on? This is Cowboy. And like DB said, this is another edition of Sports Talk KC. Let's get right into it. The Thursday night football game, the Colts versus the Texans. Texas was coming off a loss to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Um, another game that I was not able to see due to my work schedule. But I do have some of the stats from the winning team. Uh, Mr. Watson, as I like to call him, went for 19 to 30, uh, 298 yards, two TDs, one INT. The running back that we should never have let go, Carlos Hyde, had 16 carries, 67 yards, zero TDs. Uh, and receiving, their uh, receiving standout was Mr. Fuller with seven receptions, 140 yards, zero TD. D-Hop, he had two touchdowns. Uh, it was a well-put-together game. It was a very close game. The uh, Texans was able to pull it out. Lee, what is your thoughts on the uh, Colts and Texans game? Yeah, that pivotal AFC um, divisional matchup between the um, Colts and the Texans, it was pretty much a, a, a sloppy game, in my opinion. You know, um, neither the Colts or, nor the Texans, they were just like, they didn't know who wanted to take the game over. You know, it was just back and forth. Like you said, it was a defensive battle. And, you know, Houston just had enough offense, you know, just to, you know, pull squeaks, squeaks out that three-point victory, 20 to 17. So, you know, um, um, D-Hop, he had a real good game. Said he was the X factor, catching them two touchdowns and everything. So, you know, um, it, it, it was just a good, good divisional um, matchup. You know, that was pretty much all my take on that. The Chiefs needed. You knew one of them was going to win. I just hope that it. I, I was just hoping that it did end in a tie because we needed, you know, one of them to lose that game with them being having the tiebreaker over us. You know, in the head to head column. But good game. Texas pulled it out. That's my take on that. What you got on that game, Beats? Yeah, like you said, it was pretty sloppy early. Um, I believe that the Colts were up uh, pretty much most of that game. And then, like you said, Houston, you know, Deshaun Watson, like uh, Tyron Matthews said uh, in an interview, he don't look at the scoreboard. He just keeps on playing. And uh, on one of those uh, – Touchdown to D-Hop. I mean, he was left wide open. Uh, it was like a lack in coverage or something like that. And then um, I forgot the other one. But, yeah, uh, I believe there was a pivotal missed call on this game uh, by the refs. It was like a Deshaun Watson fumble or something. I didn't catch the end of it, but I did see like a headline on my phone that said something to that effect. Uh, I didn't really check into it, but I wonder – if they had anything, if uh, the Colts had any, had a chance at the, towards the end to, uh, you know, take the league and they just, you know, pissed the game away pretty much. Um, but like you said, uh, Lee, uh, we needed one of these uh, teams to win because they both had a tiebreaker over us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Houston won. To me, Houston reminds me of us, to be kind of honest with you, you know, in a sort of kind of way, kind of reminds me me of us so um yeah we're gonna have to probably play both of them again probably um at least one of them again maybe in the playoffs so I, i'll be keeping my eye on at least the texans because they have to play the uh, uh Patriots coming up i believe next sunday night and uh you know so that's all my take on the game was i mean good win by them um we're just going to probably have to face him in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and just to kind of throw this little tidbit in there, that missed call by the referees because Deshaun Watson did fumble in the juncture of the game when that happened. Like I said, it was a clear fumble, and they ruled him down, and that probably would have been a momentum shifter for the Colts to pull it out. But 
the place stood as the refs called it, and the Texans won. So, huh. yeah, like I said, man, due to my work schedule, I wasn't able to catch it, but, which I really hate missing these uh, big Thursday night games because it seems like the Thursday night games are going a little bit more harder than these Monday night games. So, but anyway, uh, let's go on off into uh, Helmet Gate. The Helmet Gate saga continues. The Helmet Gate saga continues. Uh, Miles Garrett is uh, trying to challenge uh, the suspension and everything of that nature. Now he's making it like, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Kyle uh, uh, Rudolph. What, what's, what's that quarterback Mason. name? Mason, Mason Mason Rudolph. Yeah, he's trying to make it like uh, Mason Rudolph uh, went on a racial rant that caused him to beat him to a pulp with the helmet. But – to me, that's kind of fishy because when they asked him the night of the incident, were there any words exchanged, he had no comment. Uh, so now he's accusing him of throwing racial slurs. Lee, do you think that's just a, a a bag out to try to get the situation reversed, throwing in the race car? Or what is your thoughts on the Helmet Gate saga? Absolutely, big dog. You hit it right on the head. He's using that as a scapegoat. Are, are tried to use it as a scapegoat that that the um, derogatory racial that supposedly Rudolph had used he you know was trying to you know make that validation as if to why that's why he ripped off his helmet and you know struck him with it you know nah man nah if that was the case you would have you know other people other players would have probably heard it number one um there's no clear validation by you know no one from the Steelers or you know the Browns team that's really you know stepping up him on that so short and sweet take your suspension to like a man buddy you struck a man with the helmet you know, committed a, you know, assault, you know, you better be lucky that, you know, you don't have no criminal um, charges to deal with as well as the NFL suspension that you were handed down. So, short and sweet, take your suspension like like a man. Don't try to, oh, he called me the N-word or monkey, whatever it is that he, that you claims he said. Nah, I just felt like that was just so bogus. That's just my take on that. And what are your thoughts on the Helmet Gate saga beats? Uh, I guess I just pretty much agree with Lee. I mean, he hit it right on the nail. I mean, nobody else heard it. Um, I wouldn't suspect that the Steelers uh, would probably, you know, come out and say, I mean, Steelers teammates would come out and say that he said it. But as far as like his, uh, Miles Garrett's teammates, around at that time saying that they didn't hear anything. So, I mean, pretty much Lee hit it on the head. I mean, he's just trying to get out of it to, you know, shorten the suspension. So just and move the, on. And one of, the guard, one of the guards uh, during the incident was pretty much tied, tied up together with him the whole time. And if mm-hmm. it was something like that being said, I'm pretty sure it would come to light. But I don't think it was. You know, uh, I just think he just lost it. You know, and uh, you know, like I said, he tried to rip his off first, and he got the best of him. That's he, he's he's trying to he's trying to find a way, like like I was saying, trying to find a way out of it because he think you know those games that he that he is you know suspended, they are without pay. So there's some financial ramifications to that too, buddy. You know, now he's probably thinking like, oh boy, so yeah. But like I said, uh, I think the, the him being suspended for the rest of the season is a good uh, decision. But I don't think it should lead in the next year at all. You know, I think you know just suspend him his games and, and let him come back, let him learn. Anything else on Helmet Gate, guys? No. Nah. All right. Now let's get into this crazy ass shit here. Uh, I was watching us first take. Came, I think that was Thursday, Thursday, I believe. And it had a T.O. on there, and they're talking about the Kaepernick situation and his thoughts on it. And uh, the, the debate got pretty heated where uh, T.O. challenged Stephen A.'s blackness 
compared to Matt Kellerman. He made it as if Matt Kellerman was more black than Stephen A. Smith, uh, just because his thoughts and he wasn't all in the greens on what he was saying with the Kaepernick situation, which I agree on both sides of it. You know, everybody's uh, uh, we all man and we all have our own opinion. So if one man doesn't agree with the that his blackness or his whiteness or his whatever is challenged just because we're not in agreement. Lee, what is, your, what is your thoughts on this whole Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and T.O. deal about Kaepernick? Uh, like you said, man, it, it, it was really funny, you know, and shocking to, you know, see that unfold, you know, with T.O., you know, blurting that out about, you know, questioning his nationality and stuff like that. Like I said, I agree with both of them. You know, but more so with T.O. I took it as if Stephen A. was really trying to use this Kaepernick podium to really, you know, really be the main one that's going to kind of somewhat scold Kaepernick. You know, that's what I do agree with T.O. Like, you know, don't use this as a way to, you know, if you supported the man in the past, you know, with his actions and things of that uh, that nature with the, you know, police brutality and the, you know, uh, injustice and things of that nature. Don't now, I know you may be upset with how things went on. We're going to get into more of that, but, you know, don't use this as a way to just, you know, keep the circus going, you know, it is what it is, you know, just, just let it be, but it was pretty funny. So, but I did agree with T.O. on that. Like, you know, you kind of, you know, want to, you should understand as a black man, you know, not to want to keep on going over it and, you know, with all the different topics that I mentioned. So that's my take on it. I just hope that everything works out in the end for Kaepernick and the situation. And Bisa, did you get any, uh, you got a, any uh, statements on that? Because I know you'd be at work during the day. Did you catch that? Yeah, I mean, I catched a little clip of it on YouTube. I mean, it really didn't give me any context of the whole show because I didn't, I just saw that one little segment and then it kind of cut off. Um so when at first when I saw the clip on Facebook, I did think it was funny, but then seeing it in that, you know, five to six minute span on YouTube, um, I could see both sides. I just wish them I just wish they wouldn't argue about that stuff in front of I mean, basically live on TV in front of the world, in my opinion. And I do think I mean I did find it funny at the time, but then like thinking about it to question his blackness and then say that, you know, Max Kellerman is more blacker than him. I think, I don't think we should be doing that in public. Um, some things, I guess, should just be left, you know, you know, you could have called the man and said, hey, you know, this is how I feel about it. You know, you didn't have to go that hard on Kaepernick, you know, in public eye like that, because that kind of makes you look bad. And then it kind of, you know, so, I mean, like you said, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You don't have to, just because we're, you know, we're black, that doesn't mean we, yes, we should all be on the same page, but that doesn't mean that we we should have the same opinions. We should all be able to listen to each other and have different opinions. And even that's with, um, you know, people of other nationalities as well. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of my thought, to be honest with you. And, well, um, Go ahead, Lee. I was just gonna throw that in. I was just gonna throw this in there. Beats is absolutely right. Like that's what I hated about it to see two high-powered, you know, role models such as T.O. and Stephen A. Smith. You know, guys that we, you know, personally looked at, you know, and stuff like that. You know, they are, you know, upper echelon, you know, African American men, and that's what I hated about it that they're so prolific in, you know, with their respective names and stuff and people kind of look at them you know we're already being judged as as black men in america in this day and age and you guys are on national television in the high position of you know in the position that you guys are in of you know entertainment or whatever journalism 
uh, NFL, football, whatever. And it's just kind of like, uh, you know, look at these two. They, they can't even disagree, you know, they can't even disagree to agree with each other without creating a big old rah-rah, you know, they getting all stirred up. That's what I didn't like about it, you know. You know, not on the racist stuff, but, you know, white people looking at it like, oh, that's that's what black folks always do. They they always end up going against each other instead of uniting with each other over silly stuff. But I just wanted to touch up on that. Well, like me personally, uh, I agree with Stephen A. Smith a little bit more than T.O. because uh, Kaepernick was given an opportunity, you know, and I understand he wanted it set up. Uh, the way he wanted it, and the NFL presented him with the paperwork, I think an hour before the actual event was beginning to happen, and he was in, he did not agree with what was going on, I understand that, but is there any any ulterior motives behind this madness? I mean, like, do you really want to come back and play, or are you just trying to add more publicity to whatever the hell it is that you're trying to do? That's my whole thing, and that's why I think it was with Stephen A. Smith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We, you know, you, you you said you wanted to change, you wanted to come back and everything like that. And you totally just totally made a debacle of the situation. And But I understand, like, on T.O. side, the business and the, that, and everything like that wasn't lined up correctly. And if it wasn't, then we could have rescheduled for another day until the paperwork was where you wanted it to be. That's why, you know, so, but like I said, uh, no, nah, it shouldn't have played like it. It shouldn't have played out like that on national TV, uh, which really sucks. But I mean, that's what happens, I guess. But to stay with Kaepernick, uh, beats. Uh, you did have something to kind of say about the Raver situation. I don't really know too much on that. So you want to go ahead and reiterate on that? I guess it was a liability waiver or some something where some type of contract that they give the players normally when they work out. Normally, it's at like the combine or something like that. But I get according to because uh, I listened to the Yahoo Sports podcast with Therese Paler and uh, Charles Robinson and Charles Robinson, you know, they're two highly profile journalists within the uh, NFL and they have, you know, uh, they vote on the Hall of Fame and all that type of stuff. And um, Charles Robinson actually got a hold of or at least a copy of the uh, contract and he I guess he used to be a lawyer or something like that. So he got like an agent or whatever to look over it just to check the language in it. And I guess the language in there was written in a way to where if Kaepernick would have signed that, he would have given away his uh, right to uh, sue the NFL in the future again. So, and then I guess um, Cap's representatives uh, you know, d- try to discuss with the NFL beforehand because I guess they got it on a Wednesday and they try to, you know, get the NFL to budge on the paperwork or whatnot, but they wouldn't. And so um, I guess pretty much Charles Robinson's sources said with the language in the contract, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, um, he, what's the word I'm trying to look for? He wouldn't um, let his client or anybody that he know or a player that he represented sign anything like that because you're giving away your rights to sue the NFL, you know. So pretty much this was a, uh, I guess they call it the tro- Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. If you get that analogy, I guess in media, medieval times or whatever, ancient times or whatever, uh, you know, you had the um, – Trojan horse, and then they pretty much went to the castle, and then they were hiding within there, and then that kind of thing. So I guess if you get that analogy, but I guess they said mm-hmm. the paperwork right, and then it was pretty much it was just going to screw Cap over. So they so the NFL was just pretty much saving their ass and pretty much protecting the shield to where Cap couldn't sue them in the future for any more collusion because he gave him over his rights. So, like I said, his representatives pretty much told him no, let's try to get this changed, and then the NFL wouldn't budge, and so they just decided to do it at another uh, facility instead of the one NFL had. And from my understanding, it was a couple of uh, contracts that was drawn up, and the one that he got, I think it was like an hour or two before the event, they didn't agree to that one either. So that's why he ended up doing what he did. 
Yeah. So, yeah, but the only thing I was going to say was that all these contracts and stuff like that with his rights and stuff like the the workout, it just seems like a, a, a never-ending love-hate type of relationship with Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. He doesn't trust the NFL, and it seems like they don't trust him. So, short and sweet, I don't know how it's going to end. Like I said earlier, I hope it ends in the best regard for Colin Kaepernick. But at this point, it's just like there's no trust, no trust between the two. At this point, you you really don't know how it's going to play out. It's day-to-day with Kaepernick in the NFL. Yeah, well, we just have to see how it unfolds. But let's uh, let's move it on to the NBA world. Uh, Big Melo, baby, got picked up by the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, happy to see Melo finally got a shot, man. Uh, he had a uh, first two games last uh, over the last few days. First game, he didn't really show out too much. Last game, he was looking more like Melo. Uh, I'm really not a big-time Portland Trailblazers fan, but I will pay a little bit more attention to him now that Melo's there. Lee, what is your thoughts on uh, the NBA giving Melo a chance? Oh, man, it's good to see Melo back, man. I, You know, I was um, shocked that it took this long because, like you mentioned, in these first two games back, he, he he's showing. <laughs> he still got that shot. He'll still knock him down if he's open. It's, you know, in my opinion, it's a, it's a real good pickup for uh, for the Portland Trailblazers in, in my eyes. So, uh, it's, like I said, it, it's a good – it's good to see him back. And that second game, I think he went for like uh, 18 or 19 points, something like that. The first game he went for 10. But, yeah, that second game he was really – you know, they were leaving him open. You know, I guess trying to see if he could still knock him down. And Melo was coming through. So, that's just good to see. You know, I kind of like we were just talking about with Kaepernick. Hope, hopefully, like, you know, something that can happen with Kaepernick. But it's good to see Melo balling like that. I like that. And what do you got on uh, Melo being back in the NBA beats? Uh, not too much. I'm just uh, like, you know, you guys, just happy to see him back and playing. I know he's been wanting to play. Um, I guess this came down. I guess um, Portland has an injury. I don't know to who, but so they signed uh, Melo, or maybe it's just their record wasn't that good or they were kind of average at the moment. But um, was kind of shocked at the 10-point game. And then, like, I didn't even know that they – I guess they played last night or something like that. But – um, he went, you said, 18 or 19 points out. Well, that's good for him. So, hopefully he can just keep it up. But I don't have too much to say. I want to just, just go ahead and keep it up and keep on playing. So, Yeah, man. It's, you know, uh, like I said, it's good to have him back. Um, I know uh, – I think the Trailblazers did have a big injury. I can't think of the, the name of the player. That's That was one of the reasons why they picked up Carmelo. Uh, but uh, you know, more power to him, man. Happy to see him back. He's one of the originals, one of the last uh, OGs, you know, left in the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go handle your thing, baby, up there in Portland. Yeah. Uh, but with that, baby, let's get off into the meat and potatoes of the segment. Chiefs handled business down in Mexico. They handled business. They was getting passed around the top ramen noodle cups down there to the fans and shit. Let's uh, give it up for our Chiefs handling business down there in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Was a 24-17 to 17 victory over the San Diego Chargers. Let me give you a little bit of the stats of our winning Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, went for 19-32, of 32, 182 yards, one TD, one long uh, INT. One thing I really didn't like seeing was Pat. He had five carries for 59 yards which was productive. Uh, Kelsey had uh, seven receptions, uh, 92 yards, one TD. McCoy was brought right behind him with four receptions, 28 yards. And also uh, that was really pretty much it. Um, 
And uh, D. Will, he did have one, one long touchdown with 35 yards. Uh, like I said, Chiefs went down to Mexico and handled business. Lee, what is your thoughts on the Chiefs? Victory down there in Mexico. Man, they just went and took care of business, man. You know, that was a, that was a real important divisional matchup, you know, against the Chargers in Mexico. You know, um, it was looking kind of <laughs> – it, it was closer than what it should have been, you know. But, you know, that that's one thing. We got the dub, you know, um, stayed intact within the AFC West. But um, I'm going to just start with the defense. Um, kudos to the defense, man. Um, Frank Clark is, you know, he showed that if healthy, when healthy, he can be disrupted, disruptive. I seen the, the Seattle Frank Clark in that ball game. You know, not just him, man. Them guys fed off each other. Chris Jones, um, Mike Pinnell, who I really like the pickup from the Jets. You know, the whole defensive line, you know, just getting pressure, you know, getting stops and things of that nature. Because the offense did put them in bad spots, which we're going to get to the offense, you know, real soon. But, you know, the defense, just kudos to them, man. You know, Honey Badger coming up, you know, with the nice timely um, interception, you know, just doing things, you know, they just kind of had Phillip Rivers flustered. And that's what I like to see, you know, um, they were roaming coverages and stuff like that. So we uh, picked them off four times. So uh, the defense had to man up and they had to, you know, let their nuts hang. They had to pretty much save that day. You know, me and Beach was talking throughout the game. and You know, we, we just knew that, you know, the Chiefs, were, you know, was balling, you know. They were, you know, probably going to get tired. And, but they did otherwise. They they stuck through, kept stumping through the mosh pit. So, I just wanted to get a, get, give, give the defensive unit, defensive coaching staff credit because they really won that ball game. I just wanted to start off with the deep defense. Yeah, shouts out to Big Purnell, man. From what I see, man, he had a hell of a game. Like I said, I was at work, so I wasn't really able to sit down and watch it like Beats and Lee. But I did see some big plays from uh, Mr. Purnell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Purnell, yeah. But, uh, Beats, what is your thoughts on the Chiefs' defense and his victory over the uh, L.A. Chargers? Um, I guess, I mean, they made the plays that they had to make. Um I mean, they they were on the field a lot. Um, you know, I guess we'll get to the uh, offense. They didn't help them out there, especially in that final, what, five minutes of the ball game. Um, but, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. I'll give credit to Brent Clark for uh, Rasson, Phillip Rivers all game long. I'll give credit to Derek Naughty making the one-handed interception on one of Frank Clark's pressures. Uh, I'll give, uh, you know, credit to uh, – uh, Honey Badger, you know, robbing the middle and baiting Phillip Rivers and, uh, and picking off, uh, even though he dropped another one. Uh, I, w- I want to give credit to um, Rashad Fenton on that deep pass, undercutting the wide receiver and uh, picking it off deep downfield. And also towards the end of the game, I want to give credit towards Dan, Dirty Dan Sorensen, even though I still don't understand why he's on this team. Um, he was, he was covering Eckler. And, uh, you know, like, again, Frank Clark, uh, you know, sped up Phillip Rivers' time clock. And, uh, you know, he threw a lame duck and Dirty Dan picked it off to save the game. Um, but. To redeem it, Bill. To redeem Yeah. Bill. Um, just an overall thing. Um, if this, if it wasn't for Phillip Rivers, this would be an L, in my opinion, so I'm not really, um, um, like, satisfied. That's why I said what I said at the beginning of this podcast, will the real Kansas City Chiefs please stand up? Because I don't know. I mean, it's up and down roller coaster as of right now. So, mm-hmm. to me, um, these next two games against the Raiders and Patriots will tell me a whole lot what I need to know about this team. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on the defense. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and and just to kind of backspin how how Beach was saying, you know, with Sorensen redeeming himself, you know, like I said earlier, you know, as soon as that ball game was over, Spags needs to take notes when they're in that that defense with Ben Neiman and Sorensen on the field. Me and Beach was talking about this throughout the ball game. Something bad happens. They pick on they pick on them too, man. They pick on Nina and they pick on Sorensen. They need to get out of that base defense where those two guys is on the field. But, you know, um, like I said, uh, with, with Pinnell uh, being a force like that up front, we, you know, uh, kept, kept uh, Gordon, Melvin Gordon bottled up. So, you know, I really do like that. But Spags has to take notes. That that defense with those two out there, it spells spells disaster. Yeah. Uh Sorison was getting burnt quite a bit from what I've seen. Um like I said, I wasn't able to really decipher the game like I really wanted to, which which sucks. But uh the Chiefs defense, like I said, they was able to hold them down. It was on the field quite a bit from what I've seen as well. They were making big plays, and the offense was going out, going three and out, putting our defense right back on the field. But uh, to move on past the defense, let's get off into this offense because, like I said, again, they did, go, they did go stagnant from what I could see, the bits, bits and pieces of what I saw. But let's get off into the Chiefs offense and Andy Reid as a whole because we know that he is the uh, the uh, the game player the game caller, uh, not the enemy. So what are your thoughts on the uh, Chiefs offense and Eddie Reed? Um, Man, this offense really frustrated me, you know. Um, Yes, we did things. We scored, you know, went up and, you know, scored the touchdown to, you know, after Honey Badger's interception and stuff like that. and was aggressive to get the touchdown to Kelsey and stuff like that. But, man, Andy Reid, it, it just, you know, I'm hearing, you know, chatter. Oh, the play calling may have been dumbed down a little bit because of the conditions of the field and all that. Man, no. It's, it, it just, this game, all, this game. Uh-uh. I'm not to cut you off, Lee. I'm happy you just said that, bro. Because I was uh, noticing, did you, I, since you brought up the field situation, that field was tearing up pretty fucking quick. Yeah. And when it, and to me, it seemed like more so in the middle of the field, more than the outer part of the field. Yeah, it it, it was times. Uh, I remember a certain play where uh, Byron Pringle was coming across the middle on the mm-hmm. was coming across the middle on the dig route, and he, you know, tried to plant and you know and go back first field to try to pick up the first, and he just pretty much, you know, his foot and just you know went from beneath him. So, but like I was getting at, you know, this offense, it, you know. Yes, the field may have been messed up or whatever, but man, to pick up two and three yards, the play calls that are going on to try to convert, man, this defense was balling. That's why I just felt like we had to talk about this. You know, the defense balling, doing all they can, you know, pretty much like the Tennessee game, you know where the defense is doing stuff, you know, got a lead and stuff like that. The offense can't pick up two, three yards. In the play calls, you keep dumping it down, trying screens to Darrell Williams and uh, tight end screens. Like, dude, pick up the first game, did not even have to be that close. Like, it just, it, it's just mind-boggling did some good stuff, you know, didn't turn the, the ball over, you know, Shady almost, you know, turned the ball over, you know, and it could have been very disastrous, you know, luckily the ball, you know, pretty much popped right back to him, but Andy Reid and Pat, or, you know, Andy Reid, they have to get on one page. You know, I, I agree with Beat sometimes. It needs to be put in Pat's hands. What Pat thinks needs to be done to pick up a first, you know, because 
Andy sometimes with the play call and play design, man. You 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 playing Russian roulette. I just I just hate to see that. You know, it's not no killer instinct from the offense. The where's the aggression at? And I just wanted to say that about the offense. Yeah, we got the dub. I agree with that. I'm thankful for that because I don't care if you win by half a point, one point, two points. You get the dub. That's that that was the job. Go to Mexico, keep Pat healthy with that field, get out of there, no injuries with a W. And they did that, but this is the kind of stuff that will get you beat in January. I'm just going to put that out there now. It'll get you beat. And it's going to have people in heart heartache because this, this kind of stuff is not going to cut it. I agree with Beach 100%. Better quarterback play in that ball game in Mexico, the Chiefs lose that game. Phillip Rivers was flustered and everything they got in his head. Better quarterback play, Lamar Jackson, whoever, Josh Allen, um, Tom Brady, that cuts you up. So it needs to be fixed. You know, you get a good defense. You know, you counteract a good defense with a good offense. And right now, our offense is sharp coming. That's just all I have to say on the offense. They need to get it together fast. And, Beach, what do you got on the uh, Chiefs offense? Uh, I just want to start first with I do, I do agree with Lee and that uh, radio heads and people this week talking about the field conditions. I believe that's an excuse. Uh, because, you know, the Chargers didn't have a problem going up and down the field. Even if it was a little crappy here and there, especially towards the middle of the field, but they were, they were, they were going up and down the field. The only thing that the Chargers couldn't do was put it into the end zone because, you know, the defense either came up with key plays or Phillip Rivers turned up, turned over the ball. And so I want to get rid of that myth right now. Um, Two, uh, the play calling. Um, it seems, I don't know, pretty much, in my opinion, the NFL has adjusted to the Chiefs uh, offense from last year. The Chiefs offense, I mean, in my opinion, like I said in the beginning when I was when I was watching the inside the NFL, Steve Smith said, these with Tyreek Hill not on the field, these wide receivers are not running routes. And they're not getting separation off of DBs. And then, like I said, you've seen in that Detroit game, you know, they were rushing, you know, three, four, and getting pressure. And then they were dropping everybody back in the zone and Pat had to fit it in tight windows. And like when no receivers getting open, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna uh, you know, stutter and you know, go go three and out or whatever. Um in this game, you know, you had those boys, uh, Melvin uh, Ingram and Joey Bosa, honing in on Pat. And I want to give, uh, you know, the offensive line a big old F uh, grade for this game. You know, Fisher was getting worked. Wally was getting worked. Uh, Reader was getting worked. Uh, Tardif was getting worked. And Mr. Schwartz was getting worked all night long. Um, so they got to step that up. Um and then I also I also think it's to the degree of Pat's health. Also, I do want to bring that in because if you think about last year, some of those plays where it wasn't there, Pat, you know, bought time with his legs, you know, running to the right, you know, scrambling a little bit, move shifting the defense a little bit to where somebody would be open and he'd just zip it in there. And I I think that 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 part of his game is kind of um, diminished this year due to injuries. So, uh, so I just believe it's, uh, and then, oh, I forgot. Um, just a lack of a running game last year. Like, I mean, we've been here. We miss Kareem Hunt. We miss Wilson back that can pick up you know, two or three yards at a clip and, and, you know, keep the chains moving where he three falls forward. These running backs that we have, they don't fall forward. Nope. Um, yeah. So you're missing, you're missing, you know, you're missing that element because teams, like I said, the NFL has adjusted and they know pretty much you're going to throw the ball. And if you're going to run the ball, I think they just want you to do that. 
at this point. And so they're just going to call your bluff. And so uh, going forward, I still think you're going to see this to where teams are going to take away the deep ball and play zone. And Pat's going to have to, you know, dink and dunk down the field. Or like I said, like I I mean, the mobility is not there. So that I don't think that's coming back. So it's a, to me, it's up to Andy Reid to change the offense from this vertical attack. What you thought your offense was at the beginning in the offseason at the beginning of the season is not going well with your personnel that you have out there. So you have to figure out and team up a way for these guys to get open. Kind of like what you did with Matt Moore. But um, like I said, I know Pat likes to throw the deep ball. So I don't know if they're going to continue to be hard-headed or – I mean, they kind of did in the uh, second half of that of this game. Um, you know, they had the little curl routes to Kelsey. They kept doing, and they kept, you know, doing. I mean, but you got to to me, you got to be. Able to, yes, you can throw it short to intermediate, but you can be more creative, creative than that. And I mean, I guess you can do it. I guess Andy Reid can't do it on the fly like that. Um, but I, I think the game plan in that in Mexico City was just to throw it deep. And once they figure out they couldn't, so they just going to have to adjust in my opinion. Or like Lee said, in January, it's not going to be in love. You're going to lose to, you know, Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. You're going to lose to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You're going to lose to Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. You're going to lose to whoever, Baltimore, New England. So, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the offense. I know I, I went a little long-winded there, but, yeah, that's my thoughts. And for all them teams you just named out, the reason why we're going to lose them because they run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Chiefs don't have no threat in that backfield. That's why. If you notice, and I hate to keep bringing this man name up, the Chiefs before, the Chiefs with Kareem Hunt and the Chiefs after Kareem Hunt, was a totally different team. Mm-hmm. It started last year. Yeah. True. And I said, if they don't get somebody to replace him, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna work because they have nobody that they're scared of. They had to be they had to be prepared for us on both sides of a run of a for run defense and pass defense when it came to this team. We don't have no running th- threat back there. And they don't utilize the run enough for them to even bat an eye at our run offense. And then they play. That's what it is about this team. And, 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 and we play right into opposing teams' hands, you know, with Andy Reid knowing, yeah. you know, like Beach was saying, teams knowing you go throw the ball and stuff like that. Man, sometimes – do do a formation lead for crying out loud with the sausage. Every time they put the sausage in there to lead block, it leads to good stuff. Both of the plays were Shady scored on and Darrell Williams. The sausage was in there leading the way. So mm-hmm. you have to impart as I said, the play calling and stuff like that is just my body, but Hopefully this bye week was a great – was a saving grace for the Kansas City Chiefs because there is work to be done. I'm, I'm so – yes, I said it was a good win against the Chargers within this division, but at this point I'm looking at these next two and three ball games to to really see what's up. The Chiefs need to – like I said, I don't think – all the issues that we have this year ain't going to get solved this year. Mm. Uh, I don't think Andy believes in these running backs. I don't know what's going on with Darren Thompson. Uh, I don't understand. You know, and like I said, it's, the Chiefs' offense is figured out. It got figured out as soon as Kareem Hunt left this team. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping, and I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm really hoping Andy Reid is just not trying to show certain things, and you know, and waiting. I, I mean, I know that I know that sounds crazy to say, you know, to play Russell with that like that. But with Darren Thompson, you know, I hope that kid gets in because he has fresh legs. I just hope it's a, 
I hope he's waiting to put him in or, you know, something. Because it's just like we were saying with Pinnell, who we're giving praise to. Those games where he was over there, they pick him up and he's, in, you know, um, deactivated, you know, for the game. Every time he, he's in there, he's making making progress. So, I don't know what they're going to do. He, Darn Thompson needs to be out there. He really freaking does. I just don't understand. Well, like I said, we're coming off a bye, uh, going into our bye week and got the Raiders. So uh, hopefully the Chiefs can make some kind of adjustments. Like I said, I know it ain't going to be – can't get our problems all fixed uh, during this season, but hopefully we can get something, this offense in order because it's like the, the defense was getting their ass kicked and the defense is coming along. Now the offense is going stagnant. Like we need to find balance within this team as a whole. And it starts with that chief offense running offense. They need to be more effective. Uh, but f- for me uh, personally, that's all I really have on the Chiefs talk. Like I said, it's kind of short and sweet, being that we don't play this yeah. week. But we do have a uh, couple of pivotal games that we want to talk about. Uh, we got the uh, Dallas Cowboys at the New England uh, Patriots tomorrow. Uh, that's a big game. Uh, that's one of the b- bigger games that we wanted to kind of discuss on. Uh, and they were kind of saying that Tom Brady was questionable for this game. Uh, I did see that on ESPN, which I thought was kind of weird because I don't remember him being hurt. Maybe it was something that may have happened in practice or something like that. But this is a big game. It's also with some uh, sayings that the Dallas Cowboys have fl- the, the flu going through their uh, their locker room, was spreading through their locker room. So it was a lot of weird stuff. Also, uh, it was uh, also known that a janitor uh, that kind of had the facial structure of Bill Belichick was also uh, – being heard would be cited around the uh, stadium as well of the cheat of the uh, Cowboys. So I don't know what's going on with that, but this is one of the big Sunday games. So let's go ahead and just kind of break it down and give our thoughts on it. Lee, what is your thoughts on the Dallas and the New England game coming up? This should be a pretty good ball game. Um, like I was um, saying at the beach, you know, we was talking about this game. I guess um, the Patriots are, you know, they're stagnant, you know, their offense is not, you know, what it needs to be. Their defense is just kind of, you know, tugging them along. But this would be a hell of a game. You know, you have the number one, um, the number one ranked passing offense. Yes, I said the number one ranked passing offense in the Dallas Cowboys going up against the number one ranked passing defense in the Patriots. So with that being said, you know, um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I expect this to kind of be like a game like how the Philadelphia Eagles played the Patriots. Close, defensive battle, you know. Um, they're talking about this, you know, weather may even be a factor in this game. So it should be a pretty good game, you know. Uh, the the Cowboys and the Patriots. So I'm to sharp and sweet. I, I think the, the, the Cowboys have a very good chance to win this ball game. Matter of fact, I'm I'm, I'm going to pick them in a, a close one. I'm going I'm to say Cowboys 27 to 23. Foxborough. <laughs> and Beast, what you got on this game? Um, like I did, like me and Lee did speak on this earlier. Dallas does have a good chance at winning this game. To me, it's going to come down to Dak making a play. Because you know Bill Belichick is going to take away Amari Cooper. So it's going to be up to Jason Witten, um, Gallup, and whoever else he has on the field to step up. Randall Cobb. Oh, yeah, Randall Cobb. Uh, You may take him away, too. Um, I'm serious. Um, um, So to me, it's going to be on deck to make a play in this game. And, you know, the New England uh, defense, they play that, you know, cover zero, kind of like that NASCAR Patrick uh, Spags uh, did with the uh, Giants. You know, have if you see them line up, you'll probably see one or two down linemen and the rest of them are roaming around the line of scrimmage. And the quarterback has to decipher 
who's coming and who's dropping into coverage. Um, that really doesn't do well with the skies um, offense, especially uh, post-snap. You know, if you give them one look pre-snap and then you change the defense to something else post-snap, he struggles with that. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, like I said, it's coming down to Dak. And I'm just going to have to believe it until I see it. And I'm a betting man. I'm not going against the Patriots because the Patriots do what the Patriots do. And it's in Foxborough. So, you know, you know, you might have a couple uh, you know, you know, the telephones don't work and the and the uh you know the equipment don't work and your helmet might be messed up to where, you know, and they deflate the balls and stuff on you and stuff like that. So or, uh, uh I'm gonna go New England. I'm I'm gonna still give it a close game. I'm gonna go New England, um twenty seven. Um Dallas, um, 21. Hmm. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, I can't stand neither one of these things. <laughs> so, uh, these are my least two favorite teams ever. Uh, so, honestly, being that, I hate to say it, but uh, – we're chasing the Patriots. Uh, damn, I hate to say it. I'm going to have to go with the Cowboys. I really hate saying that. I mean, I need, I need the Patriots to get another L. And hopefully uh, Cowgirls can do that for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really all I got to say on that, man. Because uh, the Cowboys coming off of L last week, no, they won, didn't they? They won. I think they, they snuck by, didn't they? Yeah, they. Oh, I'm trying to think who they beat. They beat the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They was in. They was. They was in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, man. I'm gonna have to go with the Cowgirls, man. Like I said, man. Uh, uh I need. Uh, I need uh, the Patriots to take another L. So. That's that's my pick on that. Uh. And also, we got a, a banger for a Sunday night game. Thank God, finally. Uh, we got the Packers at the 49ers, baby. This will, this will be another good one. So, uh, I'm definitely will be tuned in to this one. Uh, 49ers, you know, suffered their first L and everything, and they're trying to bounce back. And Packers is always doing their thing. They ain't the thick of the things. Lee, what's your thoughts on this Sunday night banger? Yeah, this is this is gonna be another good one uh, that the 49ers are will be involved in. Got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going up against Jimmy G and the 49ers. Um, it, it, like I said, it's going to be in San Francisco, but I short and sweet on this one, man. I the 49ers have really looked at you know they. They lost to you know they, their first loss at home was to Seattle in the in the banger before this one, and Arizona really. <laughs> I remember Beats, you know. Kept the ass alive. Oh man, I remember he texted in our group chat like upset alert, like it was really looking like that. So, all that being said, I'm just trying to say that you know. San Francisco 49ers ever since that loss, you know, teams has kind of been, you know, you know, playing them pretty good. So I'm this is Aaron Rodgers and you know, he has some weapons back, you know, Devontae Adams is back. You know, I'm gonna go with the Packers in this one in another close one. Um this is every bit of a 24, 27, 24 ball game by the Packers. It may come down to a field goal or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's fireworks, you know, a shootout. But I, something's just telling me, oh, and the uh, 49ers will be the 49ers will be without D Ford this game. Oh, shit. Yes. What's going on with D Ford? I don't know. Something I just know that, you know, he's injured and he won't play. So that gives Aaron Rodgers a little bit more 
you know, comfort back there to make some plays, uh, as we've seen, you know, when they played us this year. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, especially under the lights. He plays real good in prime time, whether it's at home or on the road. So, it's going to be a game. This is going to be your, your typical heavyweight bout, but I'm going to go with the Packers in this one in the close one, 27-24. And Beast, what you got on the Sunday night game? I got for you, fellas. Discount double check. I'm going with the Packers 30 to 24. Discount double check, baby. Discount double checking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go with that too. I think I'm gonna have to go with Mr. AR as well. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a real good game, you know. Uh, I think the uh, teams, like you said, are kind of starting to figure out the 49ers, man. Like I said, they ain't really played nobody until this part of the season. So, uh, I, I think AR going to pull it out, man. Discount double-checking all over uh, the 49ers, baby. Uh, can't wait to see this one. Like I said, with our Chiefs not being on, these are the few games that uh, – is on the watch list, so hopefully the uh, Packers can get it done down there. You got no, you got you guys got anything else on that subject? No, nah, it's gonna be a hell of a game. All right, and we got one more random talk thing. Uh, I kind of want to bring up the Le'Veon Bell uh, dispute with the NFL over the drug testing. Apparently, uh, Lee, you said he's been tested how many times in the past few months? Yeah, man, this whole this whole Le'Veon Bell situation, this dispute with the NFL, it's – the NFL, this it, is really making the NFL look very bad, in my opinion. Number one, um, you alluded to, he's – this Le'Veon Bell has been tested five times within the past ten weeks. You know, he, he went on a rant, very upset. Like, you know, and I agree with Le'Veon. You know, these guys are NFL football players. I get that. But they're human beings as well. And like he said, man, he don't like getting stuck with needles like that. And, you know, multiple times because they're, you know, blood test to test for HGH, you know, the performing enhanced drug. And you know, it's just to test somebody like that, you know, consecutively is just, I just, I just thought that we should shed some light on that, you know, because um, I will say um, this, as far as Le'Veon Bell and, you know, the drug testing thing with the NFL, he was suspended two games in 2014 for marijuana possession. And he was suspended for suspend yeah he was suspended two games in 2014 he was suspended four games in 2016 for a missed drug test so this is not Le'Veon Bell's first time you know first running with the NFL but when it comes to this like dude really move on Eric Reed went through this you know with the whole the, the guy you know Kaepernick's teammate you know got back into the league. You know, they were just randomly randomly testing Eric Reed as well. And, you know, he spoke about it. And it just makes the NFL like makes you think like, hmm, like the NFL is a trap. Like I just feel like it's unfair. You know, someone like other people aren't getting done like that. I don't know what they got on the dude or what, but I just I just felt like I had to what's you guys take on that man. B um it does seem suspicious. Five time does seem a little bit excessive. Um this just seems weird. Like you would think after at least two or three that you have all you need. And then I thought as far as drug tests, well, I know this is HGH, but I know at least for like marijuana or whatnot, that they have those tests between what, uh, you know, off-season workouts when it begins in, you know, April all the way up until 
couple of weeks in training camp, and then, you know, you're good. Yeah. Um, so it does seem like they're kind of singling him out, and I don't know why. It's not like he's doing anything this year. It's not like he's having, like, a career year or putting on a highlight show or anything like that. It's just – yeah, it just seems odd. So it does seem a little bit suspicious, you know, of the NFL to do that. It does seem like that. I mean, hopefully he get tested again. And then if, if I was him, like, he's, I guess he said that in a tweet or something. I don't know, but I wouldn't take it again. It's like, man, you already did it five times. You get, you didn't find nothing. So, what, you know, so yeah. Yeah, he, he did say that in a tweet. He was just like, if they do, if they come to him again, trying to stick him with the dirty, dirty needles and stuff like that to test him, he's not going to do it. So this is something this Le'Veon dispute with the Le'Veon Bell dispute with the NFL is something to keep your keep your eyes on, you know, because it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, let, I mean, let's just go back to uh, Ricky Williams, uh, Melvin Gordon, all these people that had issues with marijuana and what have you. The NFL never left them alone. So that's just if you want to be in this league and you have been deemed on these type of things, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think, I think the incident in 2016 that led him getting suspended those four games. For a missed test, I think that's kind of, you know, that's kind of, you know, something still haunting him, so to speak. You know, because when you have a missed test, they look at it like you're trying to hide something. But I don't know. I I, I really don't know. But if if somebody just asks, what what do I think it is? I think it's that, you know. They felt he didn't have no reason to miss the test. So now they just go, you know, pretty much blackball. Yeah, well, well, like I said, they didn't like the Jets is doing shit anyway. So, right. if they if they want to test you, do just this this show them, you know, take the test, man. You ain't you ain't you ain't out here, you know, smoking the weed, shit. I wouldn't give a fuck. You paid me a, a million all these money, dog. Shit, drug test me, shit. That's what it takes. Damn, all those times, like over and over and over. Because me personally, yeah, I don't like needles neither. So I keep on that I shit. And to keep on getting stuck with those things like that, yeah, that'll piss me off too. Like, man, hold on. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm pretty sure nobody likes that. But sh- sh- shit, nigga, I rather. Like I said, <laughs> shit, you, you got to poke me for me to get my bag. I rather have that bag. So poke me. <laughs> Sure, there ain't really nothing to whine about, bro. Just shut the fuck up. Let the nigga take the test. Shit, get your money. That's all you're doing right now in fucking New York is just getting the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much all you're doing. But uh, have y'all? Uh, I know this is our subject. We're gonna close it after this. Have you ever seen the movie Us? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know I'm late. I'm one of those people that don't go to the movies that often unless it's something I really want to see. But Us is on HBO tonight. I'm gonna. After the podcast, sit down and finally watch it because I ain't seen it yet. <laughs> I had to think about what you was uh what you was talking about at first. And I had to think like, uh, yeah, I remember I went to the I remember me and my lady went to the movies and seen that. Yeah, that's I, I, that's pretty interesting movie. Yeah, I just turned on the HBO and seen that it was on there. I'm gonna sit down and crack, crack open a couple cold ones and watch yeah. it. Yeah. Hopefully it's pretty good. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. Hopefully it's, it's a good move. Mm-hmm. And, and before and, and and before we go to closing, I just wanted to give a little quick update, little Chiefs update. Tyreek Hill that did leave that Chargers game early in, in that first quarter. It was a hamstring, uh, a hamstring uh, issue. He did not return, but. You know, everything I'm seeing, he's he's pretty much healthy. He's day-to-day with the bye week and everything. So, Tyreek should be good. You know, nothing too serious in that game. 
and we picked up a defensive tackle. Damone Harris acquired him from the Ravens practice squad. You know, they're probably they're looking at this dude to kind of, you know, bring some some type of, you know, pass rush and good play like, you know, to replace Agba because they are using an active roster spot on this dude. So I just thought I'd throw those two little tidbits in there. Yeah, I did see the Chiefs sign that uh, defensive uh, player. Yeah, I meant to bring that up and uh, Tyreek. So, thanks for touching bases on that, Lee. Uh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Uh, but with that being said, that kind of concludes another episode. Sorry for the wait. Uh, it's one of those wacky weeks, but we'll be back on schedule. Uh, most likely, we'll be, we'll, we probably won't be dropping the show Monday, guys. You think? Nah, we could probably – nah, we'll probably tune in. Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being with it being a wacky week, and we don't really have cheese talk coming up after this game. Well, since uh the month the Mexico game, we'll be back on schedule uh for Friday. Uh, going back on until we have a, another off game, but uh, yeah, we'll be back Friday. Like I said, I apologize for the wait, but we are here. We're back. Uh. And if you're checking for me, um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as Calvia. And we also have a uh, a uh, page as well for Sports Talk KC. And uh, Beats, if they're checking for you, where can they find you, buddy? They can find me at dbeats1492 on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And like Cal said, go check out the uh, Sports Talk KC Facebook page and uh, group and join the group as well. And I uh, just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I know that's this week, so happy Thanksgiving. They checking for you. Lee, where can they find you? Yeah, Adam uh, Jones uh, at Facebook. But, yeah, like the guys just said, man, just continue to support and tap in with us. This is a long season, so we're, pretty, we're, gonna try, we're trying to stay on top of everything to cover everything in each segment that we present to you all. So, we do once again and always appreciate the support and everyone tuning in, you know, with our um, Sports Talk KC group and page. So, uh, like Beach was saying, happy Thanksgiving to everyone and things of that nature. And we're here. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, yeah, we won't, uh, most definitely, we'll be chowing down on some uh, great food. And uh, like I said, yeah, keep keep checking for us, guys. We doing this for y'all. But uh, with that being said, that is another episode of Sports Talk KC, and uh, get at us. Holla, gobble gobble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <All right, y'all. laughs> All right. Huh? Nothing. Sound gone. I can hear it. You make that your last pop. You know I'm about to sit up and eat them motherfuckers. How many of them how you ate? Two. <laughs> yeah, you got still on here? <laughs>